calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm standing right outside the main gate, where the severed state ends. It's completely dark out. In front of me lies the wreckage of a train. It's laying on its side, in between the tracks and the road. I can barely see the outlines in the clouded night, but I know it's there. It looks like an enormous black snake, waiting. The question is, does this thing have fangs? To my right stands the guard that played the knife game with my fingers. He's holding my arm now. His grip is painful, but I don't say anything. To my left stands the woman that gave me the tour. She told the guards at the gate to stand down. She's a big deal. Maybe Paula Ackerley's number two. But she has doubts. She wants to know if she can trust her leader. Because when I made my proposition, she barely hesitated. She wants to know the truth. The guard doesn't like it though. He's still unsure if we should go through with this. So I tried to hurry them up as much as possible. I wanted to use the momentum before the woman would change her mind. But now that we're standing here, and I'm about to prove to them that the wreckage is harmless, I'm a bit hesitant myself. My proposition is simple. I will walk out to the train and rub the insides of the carts. I rub my hands into my eyes, on my tongue, whatever they want. I said I'd go to several carts and spread whatever's in there all over myself. Breathe in deep a couple of times. And then I would wait, far away from them, for whatever happens next. I told them to shoot me if I run. I could make this proposition because I'm 99% sure that there's no poison in that train. There never was. I'm 99% sure this Paula woman, consciously or subconsciously, projected her pain and guilt of losing a baby onto the wreckage 
and onto the transportation company that sends trains past her house all day and all night, driving her crazy. I'm 99% sure there was actually wheat and oil in those carts, like the representative said. But right before walking up there, I worry about that 1%. What if there was some kind of chemical that caused all of this? I look at the guard holding my arm, the one with the knife, and I know there's no turning back. If you could let go of my arm, please, I'll walk to the wreckage. I want to make sure I'll hit you if you try to run. Slow you down a bit. What do you mean? Oh! Uh, he takes out his gun and jams the butt end of it right into my side. Uh, feels like my rib cage is on fire and the sting spreads throughout my stomach. The woman says something. She's mad. I can't make out the words. I fall to my knees from the pain. I broke something. I bruised it very badly. Uh, the woman grabs my arm and helps me back up. Oh, but that makes it way worse. My vision is blurry. I try to start walking towards the train, but I collapse again. This is going to be a problem. Getting away will be a problem. And even if I make it there, I'll need medical help as fast as possible. The woman walks up to me to help me get up again. When I look up, it's like there's thankfulness in her eyes. Like she's been waiting for someone like me. Go, she Go. says, please. Please, show us the truth. Show us the truth. Are you okay? Are you still able to do this? I nod. All right, then please show us the truth. walk up to the wreckage and smell rust. The train was headed in the direction of Naraka before the crash, so first I encounter the locomotive. The next one is a cart with a big sliding door on the side, which is partly open. I turn around and see the two figures at the gate are looking at me. One of them is very obviously pointing a gun. There's a flashlight attached to his barrel that emits a white, star-shaped glare. I need to make sure that I stall as long as possible, buy as much time as I can get. I pretend the sliding door is closed, and I have to pull and struggle a bit to get into the cart. While I play act, my rib cage reminds me of my injury. 
with a short but very, very sharp pain. Oh, it's so bad, I almost throw up. Ah, I think the rib is broken. It hurts with every breath now. After milking the act with the door for all it's worth, I climb into the cart. It's empty, as far as I can see. I just stand there, wait for what feels like a couple of minutes, and climb back out. Still no train approaching. I have to really take my time with this. I stretch out my hands, show them to the figures at the gate, and rub them against my face. I gesture to them. I make a whole show out of it, even though my rib cage hurts bad. I walk over to the next cart. This one has no top, it's open. And I stick my head in like a lion tamer into a beast's mouth. The entire train is empty. Whatever was in here is gone. Those gas masks are nonsense. I don't smell any toxins or anything. I turn around to act another deep breath. And then, finally, Before I can turn around to walk farther down, I finally hear it. Very faintly, but it's there. The elephant's call of a Justice freight train approaching. The guard starts yelling at me. He hears it too, and tells me to back off, onto the road, away from the tracks, and wait for the train to pass. I signal that I understand, and do as he says. The extra distance shouldn't matter. If my plan works, I should have enough time to reach the tracks. The most important thing now is to try and make out the figures at the gate. It's dark and I'm pretty far off, but I can see them. I can see their hands and I watched those, waiting for their weird ritual dance to begin. It's not like I want to betray this place, you know? This is my home. But it was, you know, it made you think a little bit, that guy. The outsider from Corvat. I mean, he wasn't scared of the poison train at all. He wasn't scared for what was in there. Well, no, of course I don't doubt Paula or how evil Justice is. It's just that... He stood there, in the middle of it, and nothing happened to him, you know? How he got away? Well, the fact that he had his backpack on him was a dead giveaway in hindsight. I don't know why the general allowed that. It's almost like she knew. But I didn't worry about it. I cracked one of his ribs to make sure I could hit him if he tried to run. I thought he wasn't going anywhere thought I would just shoot his kneecap if he tried anything. But there's one thing I didn't account for. The mudra. I hadn't thought of it. <sighs> but he did. 
the second the white light from the barrel points down and I see their hands moving, doing that weird dance, I run. I cross the road and run back towards the wreckage. As I climb one of the crashed carts and look to my left, the freight train appears around the corner. The locomotive has a big headlight, which reveals me, I'm completely exposed. It's like the thing wants me to get shot, like it's pointing at me. Take him out. I keep climbing. I barely feel the pain in my rib cage. Stop! I will fire if you don't stop. As I slide off the other side of the wreckage, the first bullets fly right over my head. I thought their dance prayer thing was longer. It's so surreal, the fact that I'm being shot at, that it doesn't sink in. Which is a good thing, I guess, because that way I won't freeze or surrender. I let myself slide down the other side of the crash train and I duck and stay down. The train is right there. It's passing by right in front of me. I could touch it, but I wait. It's slowing down to pass by the town. I wait for it to go slow enough and climb onto the side of one of the carts. Another bullet hits the train and I see sparks. <laughs> it wasn't even close. The guard must have lost sight of me or he's thankful for what I did and doesn't want to actually hit me. I climb all the way around the moving cart to put the train between myself and the gun. I can't get into this cart. I can't find an opening. And it smells like manure, so I'm not sure I want to get in, even if I could. So I just hold on and wait. I hang from the side of the train and wait for the severed state to disappear. Hi, sorry for interrupting the show, but I have to talk about Temple of Sleep. This is, in my opinion, the best video game ever made. And I've been on so many adventures in that world, made so many friends. It would be a shame to keep those stories to myself. So if you head over to leavingcorvat.com, you can get the spin-off audio drama Temple of Sleep and join me in a wild ride set in the world of that video game. Thanks for checking it out. Now, back to the podcast. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. We pass the town, which is completely dark. I'm hanging on to the side of the moving train. I don't hear people scrambling. There are no searchlights. The guard and the second in command must not have been able to get the word out or something. I start moving to another cart, which hopefully does have a door. While I climb, I can hear the train pushing through something on the tracks. Ugh, it smells horrible. It smells like garbage. 
I think of the message Paula sent on the television, and I realize it must be all the trash they throw at the trains each week. Most of it just ends up on the tracks, rotting in the sun. The second cart has no door at all. I'm stuck on the side of the train. As we leave the severed state behind, first I'm relieved. But there's barely time for that. There are trees right up to the tracks. I'm afraid my backpack will get caught up in a branch and yank me away. The train starts speeding up again, and I'm still hanging on to the side. I need to find a way in before it goes so fast that I lose my grip. We're going way too fast. I can barely hold on. I climbed two carts over, and I found a sliding door like the one in the wreckage. There's a heavy bar I managed to push to the other side. And once it's out of the way, the door gets yanked all the way open because of how fast we're going. It almost throws me off the train. I scream out in pain as I pull myself back up and climb inside. Part of the cargo falls out, and I fear the driver will hear something and stop. The pull of the air is so strong as the train reaches full speed that I'm afraid I'll get pulled out of the cart again. Cargo keeps flying out, smashing against the trees, showing me what would happen if I don't hold on. I would explode against a tree trunk, like a can of tomato soup. I climb farther in, and use the last of my energy to pull the door back into its lock. It's so heavy, I'm, I'm not sure I'll be able to push it into the... No, it's not like I think you're a liar, Paula, don't say that. But I'm allowed to question things, right? Isn't that the whole point of being part of this state? To be free? I just wonder what was in that train. And how sure we are that there was some kind of poison, you know? What if I tried to take my mask off for a day, just to see how I feel? Wouldn't it be a good thing if we can go without those? No. Wait, what? Of course not. Why would I make a move against you? You are the mother of this severed state. But I can ask questions, right? Look, tonight's events just made me think about that train and the poison. That man didn't even hesitate. The outsider. He literally got right in there and nothing happened. He ran and jumped a train with a broken rib. Whatever was in that train didn't even slow him down. He seemed fine. I wake up. Oh, and the first thing I feel is pain. Oh, my rib cage feels sore. And when I move my hand across the skin, I think I can feel where the bone is broken. Something is sticking out wrong on the bottom rib. I open my eyes, and the first thing I see are hamburgers. Of course, BBU hamburgers. They're everywhere. The meat is vacuum sealed in plastic with the BBU logo and the tagline. America's best is the best. They aren't even cooled. Well, apparently they don't need to be to stay edible. So why do we cool them? Just for show? 
Well, shouldn't surprise me, I guess. The good news is that no one noticed I jumped in. At least, that's what I think, since we're still going. And also, I'm very hungry, and will now, for the first time in my life, believe it or not, eat some of the BBU meat I've heated for other people all those years. I eat three hamburgers, or what are supposed to be burgers. I eat three of them and feel much better. You can eat them cold and right out of the bag. Told you, didn't I? I notice the train is going much slower than last night. We must be out of the woods, literally. I've pushed the door open and I'm sitting in between the hamburgers, my legs hanging just above the tracks. It's a beautiful day. It's sunny and I can watch the towns as we pass where people are just going about their day. I worried about having to jump off to get some water. But a couple of carts over, I found a tank full of milk. So, that's not a problem. I can ride towards Naraka City this way until the pain becomes unbearable. Or the hamburgers and milk become unbearable. If I had to guess, the second would grow old first. My days are kind of good, apart from not having a mattress to rest my broken bones on. I play a lot of TOS on my Game Boy, and I watch the world pass by, literally. The suburbs of Naraka City. Considering the weirdness I've encountered from the moment I left Corvath, I expected things to get progressively weirder as we closed in on the city itself. But things seem normal here and peaceful. Kids play, cars drive, dogs bark. Things make sense when you pass through. When you don't have time to stop and look closely, the world seems like a reasonable place. It's day three, or four, on the train. And I'm still sitting in my hamburger cart. From the moment I woke up this morning, I could hear some kind of music. Now, about an hour later, we're driving right through a festival. There's people everywhere, partying, passing out, making out, chilling out in their own garbage. I've seen at least a dozen small tents where DJs are playing, and people are dancing. The town that's hosting the festival looks bad, like a horde of hooligans ran through it or a swarm of locusts. Windows shattered, streets full of garbage, randomly parked cars and campers, graffiti everywhere. It's a war zone. There's enormous advertising signs on the tents, promoting smudge shakes. I've never heard of that stuff, but I can see the green cups and the bottles and the grass everywhere and I can see the smudge shake residue. It's green. It doesn't look fit for consumption at all. But everybody here seems to be getting buzzed on it. Maybe, oh no. Wait a minute. Is this the festival? The one I saw while sleeping outside the gray house? The one Jonathan told me about in Protus? The traveling festival that destroyed everything in its wake. But 
that means... That means that the mysterious slime, the stuff that stops cars in their tracks and clogs plumbing, the stuff that completely ended Protus as a functional town, is a shake? People actually consume this stuff? That is disturbing. These people look like they're having a good time on Smudge, but I'll pass on account of my insides hurting enough already. Whatever is in that, it's the life of the party, literally. And it sucks all life out of whatever town is hosting the party. It's day six, and I think I started developing pneumonia because of the broken rib yesterday. The infection doesn't seem to be getting worse, probably because of all of the antibiotics in the hamburger meat. But it did give me a nasty cough, and each time my muscles contract, uh, it makes the pain worse. Way worse. The bone, very much, doesn't feel good. I don't know how far this train will go, but I'll need to get off soon and get myself looked at by a professional. The skin is so blue, it's almost black. And laying on this hard floor, getting bounced around by the train tracks, doesn't feel too good either. I'll just stay one more night. I'm too tired now to do anything. But tomorrow morning, I'll wait for the right time to jump off and find a doctor. It's day seven. The city must be close. It's just... Maybe I'm there already, but... Well, I, I woke up and the train is standing still for the first time. That woke me right up. No engine huffing. No tracks creaking. Those sounds became my new silence the past week. But now there's actual silence, suddenly. I quickly opened the sliding door and I wanted to jump out before someone could catch me, but there's a wall, a brick wall right behind the door. I'm touching it right now. My hand is on the cold brick. The train must have stopped inside of a tunnel. That is exactly, and I mean exactly, the size of the train. I'm locked in, there's brick on both sides, and I, how do I, and the weirdest thing is, I smell something, it smells really familiar. It smells like a BBU kitchen, like hamburgers and curly fries. That smell makes me feel like I shouldn't be here, and I, wait, what's happening now? I hear something. Something's moving. Something big. What is happening? Is this... Are we... Are we turning upside down?
Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.